get started here. I know Allie's already done an awesome job with that. I just, uh, just over the word. Lord, we just come before you today just asking that even the words we're talking about today and these few verses that we'll be repeating maybe for a couple of weeks. The word says you speak in various ways. Lord, the reason for that is people come in from various paths, various ways of hearing. Lord, as I am standing in that circle today as a mouthpiece to some degree for you, Lord, but I pray for not only for myself, words on these pages or come to my mind are ones of you. Lord, I pray for those who are sitting in this room who are on the other end of that camera. They come in with the same hope and the same intent. Their hearts, their minds. Lord, speak to me. Because, Lord, without your revelation in our lives, we are in trouble. Help us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him who he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And like I said last week, we... we we can camp here a long time, and matter of fact, we will camp a few weeks. You, you know, everybody's got perspective what a long time is, I guess, but, but it will be here a few weeks. But again, just a reminder from last week, God spoke and has spoken through two distinct eras, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament separated that way. And specifically concerning Jesus, the difference between the two eras is the difference between you receiving an email or, or U.S. mail, whatever, mail, a letter in the mail, describing someone that you would meet someday that you're not familiar with right now, but you will meet them someday, Old Testament, versus New Testament, he's standing on your porch. And you open the door and there he is. That's the difference. So in the Old Testament, it was in fragments. It was in pieces. It was kind of like a riddle you're trying to figure out. You know, you're, trying to, you're taking a little piece of this and a little piece of that. And you're trying to go on. But I don't see the whole picture. Of course, as I shared last week, the disciples walked with Jesus and still didn't see the whole picture. Correct? So even that you're limited, but especially when you're taking the pieces 
and you're describing something that's coming, you're really unfamiliar with that person who's coming, but you get a little piece here and there, and then there they are, standing on your front porch. Hello. The writer of Hebrews, again, we can, we can debate who it is, and I don't know if there's a real nail down who it is, but, but who it was to, probably people, in, if they were in Italy, uh, probably it was a time where, uh, probably in Rome, not for sure exactly where it is, but probably there, and it could have been some other places, but most likely there. But, there, but one reason the writer is writing to them is that there's coming, they're coming under persecution, especially if they were in Rome, they sure were coming under persecution at this time. So he's writing to them, trying to encourage them. Because many were considering falling away. Some probably had already fallen away and they had left the faith. Because reality is, coming to know Jesus didn't solve everything in the sense of what's going on in the circumstances around me. So they're writing to him and specifically writing to him for a a purpose that, that reminds those who are trying to pull, that trying to say, well, okay, we may add Christianity to what we already believe. We'll just add it to it. And I said last week, like some of us have tried to do, we've kind of added Jesus to our life portfolio. It's just good to have him. Just in case it's all true in the end, got it. And if not, why did it hurt? So with Judaism, many were going, okay, well, maybe if you do, especially the Jews who were believing, maybe if you do, but we still got to keep the old covenant. We just kind of adding this on top of it, like they had done over and over. Just kept putting another layer and another layer and layers that they couldn't keep. But the writer comes along and says, no, 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 no. It's not an ad. It is superior. It is above Why is that important to us? Because if that's true, as I stated again last week, everything hinges on Jesus being who he says he is, and he is better. He is, even Hebrew says, it's better. He's superior. And we'll talk more about that, and we talk about the priesthood of the believer and things of that nature. So why it's so significant to your life that this is correct? Just like I've made a note to myself here this morning. I come, I work each week on these messages like many of our our, our pastors do here and come and speak. I have a piece of it of what I believe the Lord's showing me, and I hope he's speaking to me because I believe he speaks, still speaks, by the way, and he speaks in various ways, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But one of the things that's so tricky about walking in here today as potentially a mouthpiece for God is that you've come from different places. Have all the things I have heard from God this week make any sense to you? Anything I have prayed about, anything I have worked on, anything I have 
kicked to the side for another week going, okay, Lord, I don't think that fits today, so let's move that to another week. Okay, Lord, that just came in to my noggin right now in the middle of this service. Does that fit to somebody that walked in here today? I don't know. I mean, one of the scary parts about being a, a, a preacher is you walk in and you teach on something that's irrelevant to everybody in here. So you walk in with confidence. You walk in if you feel like you've heard from the Lord. So that's what we're going to try to do today. God speaks in various ways. But when God speaks, as I was wrestling through this, and like I said, there's so much content in these first three verses that you can just, I mean, I've still got notes upon notes that got left out. You're glad, I'm glad, we're glad. But as I'm looking through it, I, I loved this, 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 and I thought about it uh, because I sometimes struggle with my, my uh speaking clear English, I guess, being raised in South Arkansas. But it, it says, that one of the persons says, it says, in former times, Scott, God spoke in prophet, and now he speaks in son. And we live in a, an age where I, I would say for many of you, uh, not, not all of you, but for many of you, versus many years ago, if you came and heard your pastor speak on a Sunday morning, that's probably the only sermon you're going to hear that week. And most likely, unless you hear Charles Stanley on Sunday morning real quick clip, or you heard somebody like that, or I can't even remember, uh, uh, Crystal Cathedral, I can't think of his name right now, but Robert, it'll come to me. But you might have listened to him a little bit. But for the reality is, your pastor that you come in and hear is about the only sermon you're going to hear. And you, matter of fact, the only way you can even share it with anybody is maybe get a cassette tape. And some of you don't even know what that is. <laughs> but the pressure on a speaker today is not only has the word already gone and it's gone through that camera right there and it's gone way out wherever. It's too late to bring it back if I said the wrong thing, right? <laughs> it's too late. It's gone. I could destroy the tape way back in the day, okay? Just destroy it. No, I didn't say that. The only people in the room that could maybe even confirm or deny it. But the bigger challenge sometimes is you've listened to some fantastic speakers by the time you get here on Sunday. You've listened to generational speakers. You've listened to Craig Groeschel, you've listened to Andy Stanley, and you've listened to all those and go, yeah, my pastor really don't have anything to say. <laughs> am I lying about that? Am I, am I... So give me some grace. I'm not a generational speaker, but I do believe God uses us. Because when God's word goes forth, no matter who it goes from, may not be as entertaining, 
from some to the other. May not be as good illustrations or all the enhancers that go with it. But Isaiah says this. So my word that goes forth from my mouth, and hopefully we're repeating his words, will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When God speaks, it's for a purpose. When God speaks, things happen. You go, I heard God speak to me, and I said, no, God, I'm going, to take, I'm going to set this one out. And you go, nothing happened. Oh, yeah, it did. The problem with God speaking is there is no neutral place. So when God speaks into my life, whether he speaks into my life through his word he speaks into my life through circumstances. He speaks into my life through, and I will talk about it in just a minute, through the Holy Spirit who woos me and, 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 and kind of drops things in. And, and you're just going, wow, I would have never thought of that. That would have never come to my mind, but I know it's of the Lord. But the problem is, when we hear God speak, and I'm not saying a loud voice. I've never heard God speak in a loud voice unless it was through some individual that I go, okay, that was God speaking to me there. But not like, you know, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the old farmer heard years ago, went knocking on that old, that old I mean, the whole pre- country preacher knocking on that farmer's door. The farmer opened the door. And he said, sir, the preacher said, sir, God told me to come and speak to you. He said, well, preacher, I just want to know something. When God spoke to you, was it out loud? He goes, no, it was louder than that. When God speaks, and you know, and you're willing, and you're open, and you're listening. Yeah, you could have somebody jabbering at you. But ain't nothing speaks louder when you know that you know that you know. Does not return void. Scripture says his word upholds the planet. How does that even work? You know what I'm saying? His word does. And you know, when you think about the one whose word upholds the planet and he makes a decision by his own initiative to talk to you, and we decide whether or not we will listen. Really? His word. I was talking to someone about it the other day, and they, we were talking about, I don't even know if you're supposed to do this. God hasn't checked me on it yet, but when I talk about my favorite books in the Bible, if I ever do that, go, well, that's my favorite book. I, I, you know, we have favorite verses, but then we have favorite books. And, and for me, it's the book of John. 
And, and the reason is, and, 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 and many of you have told you before, the reason why John is, is my favorite book, if I was just going to pick one, and I could, obviously there's others too, but is because it's how personable he was with Jesus. The way he writes it, the way he speaks about it, I get to know Jesus in a personal way, a face-to-face way without actually, I get to know him that way. And John has worked so hard when, when, you, when you're writing. You know, John's trying to describe something to people. Again, he's like a prophet in some ways, where he's trying, but he has a different setting than those prophets did. Those prophets had fragments. Jesus, John had face to face. So he was talking from a first part. He was talking like, I know him, I've met him, I've watched him, versus. The prophets, again, speaking from fragments, if you will. And again, I'm not discounting them by no means. I ain't discounting no prophet, okay? Don't do that. But they still were in fragments. John 1, 5, he says... In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Sounds a lot like Genesis 1 in the beginning. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega. Before everything existed, I am existed. And John knew that the culture he was speaking to, and again, that's why it's so important at times. I don't know everybody's story in here that comes in here, but by no means, I don't know what exactly. If I, if I was sitting down with you individually and I was putting together a talk, then I knew your story, then I might give a different talk than I'm giving. I don't, I don't know that I would or wouldn't, but this is how we do it, right? This is, this is how we just people come in that many of you, probably some of you in here, they don't, I don't know. There's no way I could know your story. But I know the one who does know your story. And I am convinced that God still speaks through his word, through the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about it in just a second again. But through circumstances. You're here. You may have decided today just to show up. You, you know, you're here. So I have to believe there's a reason for that. Because the reason why, and the reason I say that is because when John writes this, he is writing through the culture of Greeks. That's the way he's saying it, and he uses the word logos, or the word, the word. And what I love about the way the Greeks would write, understand this, these hearers heard it was not only just the spoken word, but the unspoken word. I didn't just speak a word. I had a reason why I spoke that word. I had a why behind why I just said that. 
Well, words matter. I was sharing with someone the other, a few of them the other day, that, that in my home growing up, you didn't get, just, you, you didn't get to the, the, the freedom to say what you just wanted to say. And some of you were raised in a home where people could just spew whatever they wanted to, really without consequences in some ways. In my home, with my mom and dad, <laughs> man, you, whatever words you spoke, you better know why you were saying it, you better mean it, because you're going to be held accountable for it. So when Paul's writing in the Greeks knew if the word spoken, it's not just the word, it's the reason behind the word. So when he says the word, he's not just talking about black print on white paper or red print on white paper. He's talking about the why, the reason. In the beginning was the reason. The reason was with God. And the reason was God. He was with God in the beginning. And you go, well, wait a second. Why is verse 2 necessary in verse 1? Because it just, you're just like, it's, I think it's like when I used to talk to my, my mom. I, I said it wrong a few weeks ago on Mother's Day, but, but don't just hear me listen. And it's almost like your mama grabbing her, or John's kind of like my mom grabbing my cheeks going, okay, look at me. <laughs> I don't mean in a mean way or a, 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 a you know, but, or like just like grabbing me, but just let me get your cheeks. I'm about to say it again, and you need to hear and listen to what I'm saying because this is how important this is. You cannot miss this. That's what Paul's saying. I mean, excuse me, John's saying. He says, and he was with God in the beginning. And what the word with there means is it doesn't just mean like, okay, today, we could leave today. There's a great chance, great chance today that I'm not going to talk to everybody in this room. I have time, so if you want to, I will. I want to make sure you understand that word with is important. You like words matter, right? The word with is not just like today you go, I was with Kurt today at church, but I never talked to you. I never, I saw you. I saw you over there. I saw you over there. I saw you over there. Now, the word with there literally means face to face. In other words, they are having an intimate relation, an intimate conversation. That's what that word with is. So the reason why it's so important that we understand what John is trying to say, and it goes back to he spoke to us in various forms. Is that, as I said last week, that we don't get it confused that Jesus just comes parachuting into this whole thing to rescue us. He has been there in the beginning. He is God. And the Mount Transfiguration. 
After six days, in Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus took him with Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them on a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the moon, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, can you imagine getting a chance to witness that? Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Just talking. Peter said to us, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And when he wanted to build an altar to him, basically, is what he was trying to do there, I guess. While he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, who am I love? With him I am well pleased. Listen, listen, listen to him. But what I love about this passage of Scripture, in verse 3 of Hebrews 1, I don't think we have it up there. You can pull it back up if you do. But the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. In other words, Jesus, like us, and we actually could, and we'll talk about it more in the air part of it, but you know, we, I often talk about the fact that when, when Adam, the glory of God, when Adam was in the garden, the, 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 the animals were supposed to like, I'm not giving you a little illustration here, but they rub their eyes and goes, is that God or is that Adam? I can't tell the difference. So it's the kind of glory. It's the glory of God in man. But Jesus is not reflecting God's glory. He is God's glory. It's, the word says it radiates out of him. In other words, it's so, he is so holy and so who he is and so he is of God that it radiates out of him. So again, the writer of Hebrews is trying to establish the superiority of Jesus over everything else and by relationship, Christianity. You go, I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, you won't feel comfortable with the Scripture saying he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. There's no other way to find salvation. I'm not trying to be, hey, hey, look at us over here. We, we got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I'm still working in pieces. I mean, Scripture even says that what we, what we now seem a little foggy, someday we will see in clear Sometimes, how many ever working through that part of it? Going, I, I, don't, I don't understand all of it right now, Lord. I don't understand all of it, but I've said this over and over here. Sometimes, not sometimes, always, you don't always have to know where you're going as long as you trust the one you're following. Jesus didn't just have some of God in him. He was God. And, and, and Peter says in verse 3, all things were made by him. And without him, 
and without him was not anything made that was made. And again, I want to bring it up again. I'll probably bring it up again next week. The reason why scripture says to us, old things passed away, all things become new. Is, and how can that happen? How can we be created into a new being because the one who saved you was there when he, create, he created you in the first place? He was there. Not All things that were made were made by him. He wasn't, again, just hanging out some other galaxy somewhere and God the Father says, hey, I need you to come over here and get this straightened out. I made a mistake. I need you to parachute in and deal with this. He was there in the beginning. And we'll talk about it more next week. But what's crazy is we're heirs in this also. I didn't say errors. <laughs> and my twang gets me in trouble at times, I realize. Heirs. And the reason I can get up here with confidence week after week, if you saw my confidence sitting in that chair 30 minutes ago, I had no confidence in me. But I have to believe, and I do believe with all my heart, that God has gone before me in your life through his Holy Spirit, the advocate. John 15 says, but I will send you the advocate, the comforter, the encourager, the counselor, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. But the Spirit comes and, and works in me, whether I'm up here or there or in my office or wherever I was, in my backyard last night working, trying to work through it. But my, my, my hope is the whole time he's working on you too. Because if that's not the case, then for me, I'm just babbling without the anointing. If I share your word, even if I'm... Not where I need to be, the word says it won't return void, so I'm good there. But, but man, Lord, we want to be used. Because the Holy Spirit brings us this deeper knowledge of truth when the Spirit begins to, to reveal to us and speak to us and show us, again, what I said earlier, what happens often is we like to shut it down often because we know the consequences of me following that thread, that, you know, talk about text thread or whatever, following that thread of what God's speaking into my life, and now I'm going to follow it a little further and see what else he's saying. I understand potentially some of those consequences, and I don't want those right now. I don't have time for them. I don't have time to jam that into my life. So we think we walk away neutral when God speaks. Whew. I just shut that down. Don't want to hear that anymore. And somehow or another we take pride in the fact that we shut down hearing. You do not want to do that. You need to be thankful you're still here. 
whether you're living it out or not, just so you know, whether you're living and following after God or not, at least one thing you need to be thankful for is the Spirit still speaking to you. Even if you're 100,000 miles steps away from God, if you're still hearing and there's still that wooing, you at least need to be thankful for that. Because I think there's a point when I read Scripture, he turns you over. Just goes, okay. And there are times that I just beg God I want to hear from him on something. And I don't, in my understanding of hearing. But my years of walking with him believes that I will. And if I keep looking, listening, praying, fasting, I will know. Sometimes it's looking back. And kind of laughing, going, <laughs> I see what you were up to. I sure didn't see it in the moment, but I see it now. Thank you, Lord. But I know what it's like at 16, 17 to clearly hear God wooing me and do the best I can to harden my heart. And I did. But apparently, I didn't harden it too much. Because I was able to hear it a decade later as he wooed me. He drew me in. And since that time, he has come to me as I've shared, I think, even a few months ago. He shared, the Lord has spoken to us through various ways in our family, to me personally, through obviously scripture and prayers and dreams and prophetic word, things that, like I said, won't even line up with our. Our theology in the church of Nazarene, or at least we don't, we'd line up, but it wouldn't be something we practice regularly. Uh, so I was reading the other day in my, my daily, my devotionals, just finishing up Job a few weeks ago, last week, whenever it was. You know, you, you, you read that, and you read it, I don't know how many times, and I told Jan, I got to the end of it, and I just forget the last few verses of Job. But Job, there at the end of the book, it's in Job 42, after, maybe don't put it up there yet, but... After Job, if you don't know the book of Job, you've probably heard about it because even if you're not a Christian, people use that phrase often, but a life of what we would see as total destruction and almost like, where are you, God? Or where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Um, just from our human side of it, we would do that. 
He gets to the end of the the scriptures, around 42, chapter 42. But God pretty well just calls him out, right? And he just kind of lists off a lot of things. I love reading that part of it. Where were you when I told the ocean to stop? Could you tell me that? And you start kind of reading through it going, that's the way I'd like to talk to people. (laughs) Where were you when I did this? How that, you know. But Job 42, 1 through 6, is through the message. I love the way you're reading. This is Job. I mean, excuse me, in, in the book of Job, if you've got it, but you can go back and read the whole books. Take you an afternoon, but it's good. It says, I am convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. You ask, who is this muddying the waters, ignorantly confusing the issues, second-guessing my purposes? I admit I was the one. Anybody need to confess today? You can just stand up right now and confess. That's where you... No, just kidding. You don't to do it. But I'll, I'll, I'm already standing. I'll just confess. Here's my worst one. I told Jan, don't, don't, don't read, don't put that up here. I told Jan the other day, I, I don't like calling my older brother, and I told some of you guys this too, because my, my oldest brother, his name's Larry, I said, I don't like calling him. I said, because when I call him, and if I, I, he doesn't let me whine. He, I, he calls me out on anything I would complain about. He goes, well, Kurt, I don't know that you need to. I'm like, oh, I'm not calling you anymore. I, don't, I, don't, I like being able to whine. But this verse, he goes, then the, Job, I babbled on about things far beyond me, made small talk about things way over my head. You told me, listen and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit I once lived in, by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do that again. I promised I'll never live on crust of hearsay and crumbs of rumors. I don't know what you're going through right now. But it may be so you will no longer live on hearsay. It may be that you'll no longer hear on crust of rumors. Because Job, did he really want to hear from God? (laughs) I don't know. But Job was convinced no one can know God for me. As many great friends and parents and siblings and uh, husband, what, what, you know, kids, no one can know God for me. To not just know him in fragments. If you can't hear to God today, And sure, there's times he's silent, but I also know that he speaks. He speaks. He loves you. He wants an intimate relationship with you. All I have to go do is back back to the garden, and he goes looking for them. He's been looking for you. He wants that relationship. He wants to speak in, in various ways. And will it be out loud? I doubt it, but could be, I guess. But I'm not limiting God on how he wants to do that. 
But I can say this, your greatest need and my greatest need is to hear from God. Without his voice, we are lost. Back to the songs we sang earlier. I know what it's like not to want to hear his voice. Try to figure out what life is all about with all the chains and all the things that are on me. Didn't know really who I was. Now, I built a good image, but I didn't know who I was. And I sure didn't know what I was here for. It didn't make much sense at 23, 24, 25. If all we're here for is to party and get to the other end, I mean, Paul says that if there's no resurrection, we might as well party, right? <laughs> you know, we're, but I didn't even know what I was here for. Anybody ever been there? Why am I here? I used to walk Lake Grapevine and, 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 and around Louisville, south of Louisville, Texas, and when I was in such a messed up state, I'd walk and try to pray to God. Because I was trying to make deals with him, and thank, good he, thank goodness he didn't answer the prayers the way I wanted them. Thank goodness. But the one thing I've got to keep nailed down is he is God. And the one who created me in the beginning can recreate me now to be what he wants me to be. He loves me in spite of everything. And what was the last few verses of Job when I look at that? He lived a life better after than he did before. I don't know what you're going through. But scripture is very clear, whatever it has been, the life moving forward when he is no longer hearsay or crumbs of rumors can be better than the previous. But we need to hear from him. And he speaks in various ways. As Henry Blackview says, the most important thing is not how he speaks, is that he speaks, and he speaks to you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Adrian to come back up as we close out of here. If I was an organized pastor, I'd tell you what song to sing, so, but I'm not. So I didn't get that far in my sermon. How about that? But one of the things I know as we close out this morning we see throughout the Old Testament. And again, the writer of Hebrews, I think there's at least 30 direct quotes from the Old Testament in Hebrews, and there's maybe twice, close to twice as much of that, alluding to that. So the Old Testament was really important to the writer of Hebrews. It wasn't like he was throwing it out and going. And one of the things they did, especially in the Old Testament, was when they had an encounter with God, you know what they did? They built an altar. And they marked a spot. 
and said, this happened here. And why have we kept Allie talking about the Church of the Nazarene meeting for General Assembly in, in uh, Indianapolis today? 100-something, 160-something world areas, 65 world areas coming from across the world. It would be pretty cool. I wish I had a picture of it just to show you up here. I forgot to do that, but just to see there in the, in the dome of all the people from around the world. But one of the things we've kept in the Church of the Nazarene is altars. And the reason is, again, like I've said many times, they're a piece of furniture. They're wood and paint, a few nails. But they're there, and we've kept them as a place for you to come with your family, individually, as couples, and just lay it down. Lay yourself down. Encounter God. I remember in 1989 when I gave my full life to the Lord in entire sanctification. And I don't don't have time to get into the definition of that. But really, gave Him my all. It was at an altar. And I don't know today where you are or what's going on in your life. There's a chance I won't see you face to face today. I hope I do. But you're here for a reason. The reason. (laughs) The why. It's more than the word. It's the reason behind the word. Today is like Job. I wouldn't just with God like God was present, but I kept him at bay. But no, I was face to face with God. So we want to give you that opportunity as we close today. Won't you stand? And really, I've said it again this many times here. When I took my first step 37 years ago to walk down to the front of that Baptist church in Hooks, Texas, the hardest step was the first one. The rest of them just kind of, I glided the rest of the way. (laughs) And it made a difference in the trajectory of my life and my kids' life. And I hope people that I know well in their lives too. So as we come to that point today, I want to at least give you the opportunity to have that, if you will, encounter and nail down a place and time. Because he still speaks. I think he's speaking here today. Lord, help us right now. As we sing a song, heard a sermon, but Lord, those are all good and we can, the preacher can talk fast or the song can have the right beat. And those are all good and we can make decisions. But Lord, the ones that last are when you draw us. It's when you touch places in our lives that no one else really knows about even. And you speak to us in a unique way. I pray that over your people right now, whatever that may be. In the name of Jesus, amen.